Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Galactic Ambition, a Star Wars Unlimited podcast, part of the Main Deck podcast family. I'm Dan. And I'm Jason. And what did you get for me for Valentine's Day? For Valentine's Day, Jason, I got you a wonderful story about the Star Wars community celebration event that I just got back from. What do you think? Just what I always wanted. That's what, yeah, an event that you wanted to go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the event that I wanted to hear about and, and listen to and enjoy from afar. I really wanted that, so I was glad I yeah. was able to get that. So just just to just to put the context out there, I want everyone to understand what happened here. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna, in this episode we're going to be recapping that event. Um, that event was a very special event where community members, um who are content creators largely uh, were invited to spend a couple of days with a lot of the stars Unlimited dev team, um, including people who are in like marketing and, and supporting all that stuff. Um, and we spent uh, Friday evening dinner with them. And then a Saturday, like full day of like star Wars Unlimited, like focused fun times, which was all streamed as well. Um, and, they sent these invites out a while ago, um, really before, or like they sent the invites out like the week we started Galactic Ambition, actually. So they sent an invite to specifically me. Um, and uh, this event took place on a weekend where I already had planned to go to a Grand Archive tournament. I had a plane ticket to go to California. Um, and uh, so the first thing I did was I said, well, is there any way I can have my podcast co-host Jason go to this event instead? Um, and they got back to me after a little while and they said, no, we don't like him. Um, that's not actually what they said. Um, they, but they said that uh, it, it required a bunch of approvals. They had to go through approvals from different um, license licensors and stuff. And uh, it was unlikely that he would get approved in time, but I was approved. So, I canceled my trip and I went to this instead. So that's the story. And that's why Jason feels sad that he couldn't go. I mean, of course I feel sad that I couldn't go, but at the same time, I'm so excited for you to tell me all about it and about how much fun everybody had. So there's, there's a, a silver lining to every cloud, every really large, large looming cloud, ominous cloud. No, <laughs> you, you did get to spend the weekend at Megacon. Instead, though, that, right? That was the weekend before. So, yes, I would have oh, had keep to keep getting that mixed up. I, I wouldn't. Well, I would have had to cancel that because right. there's no way I was going right. to be able to take two weekends off of my job without having a job anymore. <laughs> it's really right. hard to take weekends off with what I do. So I went I was able to do that. I was able to have a good time with all my friends and it was still a lot of fun. I bought that really cool X-Men thing. You might be able to see in the background. I know you could see it. It's pretty sick. I I don't think the viewers will be able to see it based on how things so are. So just but. know how awesome it is. It's like a it's like a canvas <laughs> some guy drew of the X-Men from the 90s cartoon which is did you see the trailer for X-Men 97 yet? I did. I that was going oh, around oh, today oh. and actually I almost didn't watch it but then I saw so many po- people posting about it. I don't know why. It wasn't like I don't like 90s X-Men. I I just was like I was busy today. But then I watched it just before we started recording podcasts tonight and it was dope. It was really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. But but as an aside, so yeah, I, I went had a good time with all my friends. It was a good time. Um, and I'm glad that Dan was able to go to the community event and tell me all about it. I promise I won't feel bad or negative or sad or like have any FOMO about it at all. Nothing like that. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally believe you about that. But um, yeah, so I mean, we're we're I'm I'm just going to recap. Basically, this is going to be our our sort of recap coverage of the event. Um, I did try to do some video there, but the venue was really loud, and I ended up just being getting pulled into a lot of stuff. I, I I don't know. I'm kind of a bad content creator when it comes to like covering events live like that. It's not really my style of content mm-hmm. necessarily i'm not really good at like the vlog thing and everything um so instead i used that weekend to really forge relationships um with some uh other content creators um i have a i'm set up to actually do a uh an interview with one of the newer devs at star at fantasy flight um about we'll talk about twin sons in a little bit um he's one of the ones who really helped with that um, so I, I was setting up some other styles of content and everything, uh, while we were doing that, which, which was great too. Um, and instead I took to Twitter and I've just been retweeting everyone's recaps and everything. Cause I want everyone to know what happened. Um, and this podcast episode is just going to be how we talk about kind of my experience there, I think. So there's going to be plenty to talk about. Let's just do our really brief aside before we jump into everything about how you can support main deck if you do enjoy galactic ambition where we cover all things star wars and limited um if you enjoy this a lot there are several ways you can support us number one is if you're listening on a podcast platform like spotify or itunes you can go and leave a five-star review that's really helpful to show people that people like this that's really cool if you want to do that um if you're on youtube like comment subscribe to the channel all that kind of stuff that really helps us out as well thank you so much for all of your interactions because they really do they're i mean they're they're what we need as content creators. We, we, uh, they give us the nutrients we crave. Yes. Um, and the other way you can support us now, Star Wars Unlimited is about to launch. As you all know, it's coming out very soon at the start of March. And there's going to be singles that you're going to need. You're going to need them. You're going to need Vader's. You're going to need Luke's. You're going to need to, you're going to need to buy a showcase. I, I know you, I, you're going to need to, um, because they, I've seen these in person now. And holy cow, Jason, I, I am so mad at how good these look uh, <laughs> because they're going to be expensive. Yeah. But the cool thing about buying expensive cards on TCG players using the main deck affiliate link. <laughs> when you use the main deck affiliate link down in the description below, um, you will pay the market price for the card. Uh, which, by the way, if you're new, uh, wait, a, wait a week or two, let them settle a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, but you're going to pay the market price of the card and then we're going to get a little kickback from TCG player, not from you. You don't spend anything extra. They just send us money. So it's really cool. It, you can get cards at a good price and help main deck out. So use the link down in the description below, or go to bit.ly bit.ly slash shop TCGs. Try to make it easy for you to remember. So thank you all so much for your support. Now the creator event, Jason. So let's, let's talk about what this is for this event. They flew out probably. Not well. A lot of people were flown out. They 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 flew out. They offered flight and hotel to everyone who they invited. Um, it was about I don't know how many thirty ish creators maybe, as well as you know a bunch of the dev team was there, um, and it was for a Friday night dinner and then like I said Saturday full day of uh, of fun. I actually drove out because main decks main deck headquarters is located. Ooh. About three hours away. So uh, my wife and I drove up. 
My wife spent the entire day in the Mall of America because that's where it took place. She was just shopping and having a good time. And then uh, on Sunday, we went to Ikea because we had placed online orders and we picked stuff up and hauled it all home, which is why I drove instead. Mm. Um, and we did have the meatballs and I enjoy them every time. That lingonberry sauce. The lingonberry sauce. And then they also have, did you see that they have a little almond cake too? We had that before. I had the almond cake. Oh, that's I really also, good too. It was it's so cold. good. Man. Yeah, yeah, it was great. We're um, big and then I finally fans here, and and, and <laughs> we I have one like forty five minutes away, and it's like you know, oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, well, it really is because you can just live in that place. <laughs> you you can you can and, and you might not get found for some period of time if you're good at it. <laughs> I think that's true. <laughs> um, we I also had I had a chance finally to get one of their their cones, frozen yogurt cones. Oh, um, nice. cause every time I'd gone before we'd stayed too late and the, like, I think the deli closed and we just couldn't get them. Um, delicious, wonderful. If cost effective and, Sick, and yeah. very good. So, um, anyway, this isn't the Ikea podcast, although it could be, it could, you um, know. but we're going to talk about the event now. So the event took place um, in uh, the, the, the hotel we stayed at was the Radisson Blue in the Mall of America. So everyone got put up there. And the Friday night we got there, they had this dinner for the whole community. Um, and it, it was at the Fire Lake Grill, uh, which is just in the in the basement of the or not the basement. Sorry, not the, the, <laughs> the first floor, the second floor, or whatever the hotel um, and the basement. They shoved us in the basement of the hotel and threw down some gruel. And oh. some slop. Yep. No, cool. they. Uh, we. It was actually a really, really good meal. It was a wonderful meal. Um, I can't imagine how much this entire weekend cost. It was. It must have been very high. Um, but it was such a cool weekend. It was such a cool uh, meal that day. That day where we we got to. We basically there were like three big tables, and we all kind of filtered in and sat down next to a bunch of other content creators and sometimes FFG staff and everything. Um, and what really happened from that, I think, was was people kind of bonded with people over dinner and then kind of clicked up with them over Saturday. Um, so I'd really like to go to, I would love to have another one of these events and take you, Jason, and we could sit down with other content creators. Because like, I felt like I got to spend a lot of time with a small amount of the creators, and I really want mm-hmm. to spend more time with a lot of the other ones. So um, I, I could try and name everyone who is there, but... I'm going to just miss a lot of names. Um, and I don't know if it's really worth doing, but like every, uh, al- almost every star Wars limited content creator who's been putting out regular content was there. A few people weren't kind of weird. I'm not sure why I'm, I'm not part of that. I don't know why. Um, but, uh, they, it was just, it was a ton of fun. Um, at that meal, I did have a couple drinks. Um, and as Jason is well aware, um, I, I, I get pretty good feedback, um, about being, I think people generally, uh, have enjoyed conversation yeah. with me after I'm a couple drinks in Jason. Is that like true or am I, I, th- I think you get, you know, you're passionate already, you know, on the things you, you champion and care about. I think your passion definitely goes up a couple tiers. You're very, uh, I think that's fat. probably, yeah, that's probably true. Um, the conversation that Friday dinner was, that was super fun. There were, there were a couple of people in particular I want to mention. Um, we were with the, the Johto cast who are a star Wars focused star Wars gaming focused podcast who actually started in uh main decks hometown as well. So actually, I mean, I went to FLGS's for destiny and for other games with some of these guys. So um, 
we we just met up right away and we sat down at the same table. So we talked a lot with them, which was really great. Just even deeper than I ever have before, which is awesome. Um, I sat right down next to a guy named Marty from Rolling Dice and Taking Names, um, which actually left me a little bit starstruck uh, because I know Marty from the tabletop gaming. I used to be a, like board, really into board gaming. And he's from one of the the very first, one of the very first and bigger um, board game podcasts uh, called Rolling Dice and Taking Names, obviously. Um, and it was I, like, <laughs> it was really fun. The funny thing about this was like, every time I listen to other board game podcasts who are people who are friends with Marty, like Secret Cabal, um, they will mention, yeah, we were hanging out with Marty from Rolling Dice and Taking Names. And I looked over and, and right at the dinner, I was like, I was like, Hey, so, you know, who are you, where are you from? And he said, yeah, I'm Marty from Rolling Dice and Taking Names. It's like, it's like his, it's like the epithet on his name. It's like his surname <laughs> at this point. Right. And I was like, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, we get to chat a lot about why he was, it was just kind of fun to see him there because he focuses so much on board gaming. Um, and he mentioned that, uh, yeah, well, you know, like kids have moved out and I've got, you know, more time and more money and stuff. And, uh, or I don't know if he said anything about kids. I wonder if I just made that up. I, I again, mm. I had a couple drinks, oh, but fair. he did say that. I think he said, I think he said when he was younger and tried to play TCGs, he, you know, as we all, we had less money and less, and, and it was just harder to get into, but he said that now he's looking into uh, some games. And in particular, he tried Star Wars Unlimited and he uh, greatly enjoyed it. Um, and I kept checking in with him throughout the weekend too. We'll talk about a little, he'll, he'll come up a few more times. Um, so I hung out with them. I talked with them a lot and uh, had a few other people um, uh, next to us. Uh, Nelson, all over cards. We had um, Ryback Stun or Ryback Stare. He has two different names. Uh, I'm never sure which one, but he uh, he goes by both. Um, was at our table with us and uh, and Banana Crapshoot from Space Arena Ground Arena, who's actually one of our community leaders in the main deck discord, too. So that was kind of like that was our table. And uh, and I'm blanking on his name, but from comicbook.com. if I pulled up my Twitter, I found him on there um, and he was at our table, too. So that was kind of like I was like our table. And there were other tables with guys from Unplayable and Golden Dice and and Garbage Rollers and all sorts of other people. Lots of lots of uh, Ice Cave Radio, um, and we just had a wonderful dinner chatting about all sorts of things. Like hardly even Star Wars, honestly. Like the conversation was just was wild and and fun. Altered TCG came up at one point. Um, a few people who were like, there's some people who were like, I don't like the QR codes on the cards, and and I was like hold my whatever I ordered, whatever drink I ordered. Cause we started like talking about, uh, I was a margarita, hold my margarita. There you <laughs> and, go. Um, and we were uh, talking about that. And um, at uh, one point, I can't remember if I brought it up or someone else did, but I was like yelling about Indiana Jones and why I think the crystal skull is underrated, um, which I know is a hot take. I don't know how you feel about that hot take, Jason, but. I don't, I don't think it's that, that bad. No, I, I'm, I actually think I over appreciate the Indiana Jones movies. I don't know. I think uh, I, it's, it's one of my favorite series of like, just, I don't know, ever. Um, and I really okay. don't like to, I, I don't disparage it because, you know, it's, it's, it's near and dear to me. It's something that when I was growing up, it's, it always replayed on broadcast television. So yeah. it's like, so, so we're able to watch it a lot. So no, I don't think that's that hard of a take. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Because I, I think I wasn't able to really read the table very well. I think 
I think some of them saw my point, and mm-hmm. I think others thought, yeah, this guy's had a couple drinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's just fun. I think it's a fun movie. I think yeah, it's that, we, that, that's my, a good word for it. My wife and I watched all all four of the movies before going to the fifth one. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was honestly, I thought it was right on par with the other ones. Like yeah. I get a lot of people are like Raiders is a masterpiece. So like Indy's kind of a creeper in Raiders and like yeah. the special effects haven't aged well. And, and like, I think it's a big uh, rose colored glasses kind of thing too. Yeah. Like when you look back at all, you're like, eh, but it's, it's all still really good, really fun. Um, I really enjoy the series as a whole. Yeah. I, I, by, by the way. Yeah. I mean, they're all fun. It was just like, yeah. I think like, I think people are like, maybe rose colored glasses on uh on like some of the earlier ones and then like mm-hmm. on on uh on number 4 they they kind of like i think just like got into a way of thinking about it because i remember like the reaction right away was like kind of yeah. you know meh so but i don't know i don't know watch it it's fun whatever who cares it's fun it's a fun movie exactly. uh, so it's 5 by the way so 5 is also fun um so yeah, it was stuff like that. And like comic books came up and, and the FFG crew kept like coming around and, and chatting about, uh, with different tables. So like we got to talk to some people I, I hadn't talked to before. Like we talked to Alexander, who's a community manager who I have talked to plenty. Um, he's the one who all of us have to go through anytime we want to like interview anybody. Um, we talked to Josh Massey in charge of organized play, who also was in our area for a while. Um, and so I knew him very well too. So just fun to fun to talk. He talked about how addicted he is to Pal Pal World right now. <laughs> Not for um, me. Yeah, that's and that's okay. That's yeah, that's okay too. But he's he that. loves it, so that's that was awesome. We talked a little bit about that too. Um, and uh, we talked to Serena. I hadn't met her before. Serena is uh, a newer hire relatively speaking not like last week because she she organized as far as i understand she was like the main driving force in organizing this whole thing um and uh this is something that uh jim cartwright who's one of the one of the main designers of the game had planned we talked to him like for a while saturday night and he talked about how he had this event specifically had been planned for like two years um wow they were like basically as soon as the game kind of was like greenlit and they got everything locked down they're like we are doing this huge event before launch to get our content creators who have been covering the game, like appreciation and, and community and, and just kind of get everyone to uh, feel like they have a place here and, and everything like that. So unfortunately, you know, as as they they always have to draw the line somewhere, it's like there is an infinite money and there are, you know, rules Mm -hmm. and everything. And like, I don't know how they drew the line, but um, well, it was was one of me. Yeah, that's where I know it was drawn. No, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, wherever wherever I was, it had to be right for all that. But go ahead. But yeah, no, it was Serena was just super cool to meet. She was really fun. She she had come from um, I I, I might butcher things, but I know she had she had been I think doing community management for Critical Role or something prior to this. Um, and and was brought into Fantasy Flight Games and was learning about the TCG world and everything and and using her expertise. and you know what? That's one thing. One interesting thing I learned from this weekend, talking to a lot of developers, especially some of the junior ones, um, that they had a they had a big hiring push a little a while ago, which was part of like getting unlimited off the ground. And they hired on people with a, a very diverse background set to join their people with a very TCG focused background. 
Um, and that's something I've seen in like Grand Archive recently too. Uh, talking to some of them, like uh, the the guy who's mainly in charge of like uh, product. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what the um, what the right term is for his role because they there's like six people on that team and they all wear different hats. But mm-hmm. uh, he's the one who like goes to the factories and um, works on like how what's the product design like and how are we dealing with LGSs and how are we dealing with different regions and, and outreach stuff. And he came from a non TCG background, just like he like collecting, I think, cards and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't like a pro TCG player who comes in this. He came from a different business related background and is, and, and is like approaching things like, how can I take what I know about about the the business I've been working in and apply that to selling this product the best way possible? Um, and I saw a lot of that in Fantasy Flight as well. Some of the the junior developers that we talked to um, who were brought in more recently, uh, none of them came from a TCG background. They were um, like literally like one one was a, several from academia. One was a Russian literature um, professor uh, and um, uh, one was uh, I can't remember. I'm not I'm going to butcher people's backgrounds, but like I'm just saying mm-hmm. it was like it's really interesting just to meet all the different the people and, and the and the perspectives that they were bringing to things, which I think is a valuable thing in a company, too. I think it's like I think you need people who know TCGs and you need people who can be like, well, that may be how you've always done it. But in my experience, this is the better way to do it, you know, so. That was just really fun. And towards the end of this dinner, Josh and I think I think it was mostly Josh. He had, he had gone and grabbed his binder because they had all cracked a lot of packs prior to this. And he was showing everyone all his hyperspace foils. And Josh had actually pulled a, if I remember his right, it was a foil. It was a showcase gin or so. Um, so we got to, they had. I don't think they've revealed that art yet either. We all just got mm-hmm. to see that. <laughs> and, oh, that's cool. And uh, um, it was uh, so. My very first, I'm going to get into Star Wars Unlimited now. My very first take was, Jason, we talked about this on a previous episode. Mm -hmm. The foils in Star Wars Unlimited. Okay. We talked about how I had seen a few foils on stream and I thought, I'm not sure about how these look because they're using a plating that only, plating is a system in in foil printing where it's it's a separate layer of the graphic design that indicates white and black areas. Where um, basically when it's used in the foil printing process, the foil will be applied to some areas and not applied to others. Okay. So in other words, it's a way to make a character like a a character or something be not foil while the background's foil. Something I'm sure you've seen before, but you may not have known like how to what the terms to call that by. Um, So when seeing the foils on stream, I was like, it looks like they only played it out the like. The, the game elements, the boxes and everything, and the art doesn't have plating on it. And that doesn't always look as good because like, then you just have this like flat foil applying to everything. And it's like, I don't know. It doesn't look as great all the time. So the first thing I wanted Josh to put that binder, that was like, okay, I'm going to look at every single card here and I'm going to finally figure out what's going on with these foils. Cause sometimes it's like the stream maybe looks a little weird and you just can't quite tell. Um, so I can say that, they, I was correct about the, how the, the plating works. Mm-hmm. The plating on these cards is <laughs> usually applied to just the, um, just the, the game elements. On Saturday, I pulled a foil Jetta City, one of the rare bases, that plated out Jetta City. And it's the only foil I've seen from the, the boosters that has an element of the card image plated out. And mm-hmm. I don't understand why. Again, I don't 
I don't know why that's the case. It looks nice. Um, that said, some of these foils, these uh, they 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 despite them not being played out, having subjects played out, these look really good. I still think there are some that it kind of washes out the image a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think those are pretty rare compared to things like especially starships any card with a starship in the art with that like space in the background um the way the foil applies to the artwork actually just looks really nice um yeah i don't know i saw a lot of foils there and a lot of them look like i was like wow like especially the hyperspace foils like these look these look really good actually like really good the showcases were definitely plated in the artwork um the showcases have a different foiling applied to them. It's a, it's a more reflective foiling. If uh, for people out there who play Magic: The Gathering, and you're familiar with the From the Vault series from a while back, those um, those have a different style of foiling on them. that's highly reflective, mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> it's similar to that. That those are actually they're like highly reflective foiling with like a gloss finish on top. They're like thicker cards. These aren't quite that, but it's that style of foiling where when you pick up this card and you look at it with its unique art, with its plated out artwork, its unique layout, and then that high shine foil on it, it's like they look really good. They are extremely, extremely good looking, which is why I'm very upset now that I'm going to <laughs> want to to acquire these and they're going to be expensive because um, they're like one per 12 boxes. So... Um, that was kind of Friday night. Uh, I'm going to move on to Saturday, but Jason, I want to, because this is not just me talking. Um, do you have any questions or, or anything that you'd like before I, so move far, on? so far I am dialed in. I kind of kept, I, 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 I feel like I was almost there. That's almost. what I like. I was like, what I kind of want to do with the podcast. We can talk so much that I, I just want to, um, kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and, and get people to understand it. Yes. I, I understood you're almost there, but you were not. No, I just didn't know if my mic picked me up. You know, oh yeah. Te- yeah. Like technical I'm difficulties. Sure. No, no, I, <laughs> I don't really have any, com- I, I, uh, you kind of answered a question that I had was about the foils. Cause I know we talked about that. That was actually on my little yeah. cheat sheet. You guys can't see on my word pad was foil. So yeah. you, you already took my one train of thought away from me so that train has I'm left sorry. the station no that's okay that's a good thing that's a good thing you're we're you know we're here yeah whatever that's supposed to be so that was friday night saturday we okay so saturday the event now it's going to be all star wars unlimited talk um so we get to the event we get to the venue uh it was held at wisdom gaming which is an esports lounge in oh. uh in the mall of america which is like really cool actually really really sweet place um and they let us in and they gave us all a bag. And the bag contained a full booster box of Spark of Rebellion, um, a starter deck set, uh, four packs of Game Genic sleeves, Luke, Vader, blue card back, red card back. The red card back isn't used on any cards. It's just they just wanted a red one, I guess. Mm. Um, a set of aspect pins, all six aspects in pin form. Um, a game genic white, the like heroism deck box 
which is really nice. The spot for the tokens is really, really great. Um, the spot to place your leader and your base, it's really, it's really great product. Uh, a set of game genic tokens and a special game genic um, uh, initiative token that has Spark of Rebellion on one side. And a it says an event exclusive playmat, and the artwork on that playmat is um, it binds all things. It's artwork of Luke upside down in the Wampa Cave, reaching for his lightsaber. So uh, that was the swag bag. I think that's everything. Um, and then we we took that all back, and they sat. We all sat down at at tables, and they uh, started up the stream, and then had everybody crack six packs and build sealed decks and start playing. I played against Ryan right away. One of the junior developers with my sealed deck. I had a really weird pool. I felt like it was kind of weird. Uh, my rares were kind of unusual. I had the devastator and I had two copies of a card we hadn't seen yet. That um, sneak attack, I think it was called that lets you like play something for a little cheaper, but it goes away at the end of the turn. I was like, I know what I'm going to oh. do. I'm going to sneak attack devastator. Yeah. It. Um, and it, and it and it like readies it also so you can you can uh, mm -hmm. attack with it right away too. Uh, I was like, this is going to be good. I'm going to murder something on the board and then swing for ten overwhelm. Um, and I never did. <laughs> never did that one time. So after we built our sealed decks and we and we kind of played around a little bit, um, it was actually like there all the all these other content creators are like filming filming opening i actually filmed opening my sealed pool but i don't think i'm gonna end up posting it or maybe i'll maybe i'll just get it make a patreon video of it actually and shove it up there um just because otherwise i won't use the footage at all um probably but uh it was just like i didn't feel like it was very good content and what the problem here jason was that as soon as i started recording and i was opening my pack right next to me uh sugi from tcg cast who are friends of friends of us also um mm -hmm had in his very first pack opened up a showcase director Krennic. Oh, wow. Uh, and there was screaming and cheering. You can actually hear in the background of the, uh, of the live stream, even though the mics are very good, you can hear a scream happen kind of early on, which is like the <laughs> entire, the entire content creator community going, Oh my God. Like he just pulled a Krennic. Um, and then as far as we knew, one other showcase was pulled, which was a showcase Palpatine. Mm -hmm. um, wow. The card yeah. art on that card is really good by the way. That, that one's been revealed. Crazy. Yeah. Holy cow. It looks so good. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was, that was like the sealed portion. Um, and then players were kind of just like left mm -hmm. on their own and like to do whatever. But during that, they introduced their casual multiplayer format. Jason, mm. they finally introduced it. Um, Jason, have you looked, have you, did you check out the rules for that at all yet that they posted? I did actually. Cause once I read that and kind of took a chance to take it all and I was like, what is going on with this? It, I guess I couldn't fathom how they would make a, a multiplayer format work. Not, not, not in like a, a from a base gameplay, but the, the direction they took it in, I guess, um, for me is like, Wow. So Twin Sons, we'll have a video um, that'll be up. It might be, a, I think, like a day or so after this podcast mm. releases, um, which is just it's about an eight minute video just going over the rules of Twin Sons um, in uh, the sort of the, the highly edited main deck style that I think some of you guys are used to. Um, and for, so for anyone who missed it, there will be a deep 
a deeper rules dive in that video. But really briefly, it's it's a three to four four player. We did try with five actually too, and it works just fine too. Oh, uh, nice. But they meant it for three to three to four player format. Everybody builds a deck with uh, two leaders and a base, which does allow you to play more uh, one more aspect mm-hmm. than usual if you want to. Um, singleton decks, meaning one copy of each card allowed. The format was designed with a bigger card pool. So, like, keep in mind, we talked to the devs about this too. They're they're at like set seven or eight right now in wow. internally. Um, set two, I think, is already off to print. If if not, set three also. Um, so there's uh, they are um, plenty ahead right now. And when they designed it, they designed it as an eighty card deck. But because the card pool is so much smaller in this first year of the game, it's 50 cards for now. The other, the final special rule to this, and the thing that really got me curious, um, I mean, actually, I was super curious just about the two liter thing. But the thing that that really got me interested in how they developed this, because it kind of showed how they were thinking about things, was the win condition, which is that the game ends the turn that one player loses, not everyone. Not everyone but you. You don't have right. to keep you don't have to be the last person standing. It's just when one person loses at the end of that round, the end of that phase, um, you're gonna check for a winner. And the winner is going to be the person with the most HP left on their base. And when you knock someone out in this format, you get a bonus recover five. Mm-hmm. Which is that's that was the thing that's like, oh, okay. Like this is really interesting because you can get highly aggressive. And and knock a couple people out in one round, and you'll be sitting really pretty. Um, or you can you can just knock one person out and play defensively, and also be in a pretty good spot. Um, and in this last round of the game, it's it's and we by the way, so after this that that night we played like seven or eight I think games of Twin Suns. Um, we couldn't, so we all just cracked open our product and and built whatever decks we could and and played. Um, it was an extremely fun time. It's a really, really fun format. I really, really dug it. Um, and that last round of every game is really tense and interesting. If you don't let someone run away with it, which mm. happened on both the FFG streams of the game, oh. actually, <laughs> um, there's a there's a player who uh, who takes advantage of uh, of a situation and. Um, ends up just kind of like stealing the game. But each time the game seems to end at a pretty reasonable spot. The cool thing about this, like if you're someone who's played a lot of MTG commander, how Jason, you've played commander, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. How, how long does a typical commander game take? Mm. Yeah, that's about the answer. Uh, yeah, right? I was right. to say like, it depends like what level we're talking about here. So like on a casual level, I don't know. Most of the ones I've played are at least an hour um, just because I, we, we we typically down here have larger commander games because we just have a, sure. a really, really kind of tight knit commander community and we like to do larger pods. So you've done you've done the two, the three, the four hour games, all right? the marathons. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. Um, those those I don't think happen in Twin Suns, um, Twin Suns. They say 15 to 20 minutes per player at the table. Uh, we played faster. Uh, we played not really slower, though. Um, I think our five-player games went a little bit longer, which makes sense, again. Um, 
but even in you, you can keep adding players, but like it, it just takes one person to lose. Right. Like right. it adds a little bit, it adds more time because each they have to take their own actions and everything. And, um, the board gets pretty wild, uh, with more players, but, um, but yeah, it just takes one person losing. And we had like, we had a game where we were about to get kicked out of, of the, of wisdom gaming and we had to move to the hotel to play. And we just said, all right, we're about to get kicked out. So the game has to end now. So who should we all attack? <laughs> and we all just like annihilated one random. I think it was Nelson. Sorry, Nelson. I think like we all just like annihilated him. And uh, and he was like, yeah, it's all the game had to end. So whatever. It like it just didn't matter. It was like whoever. And there was like, uh, looks like you win because you have the least <laughs> the least damage left. So, um, but it's yeah. I mean, like the format just works super well. Um, the two leader thing. Oh my goodness, that is fascinating. There are so many cool deck builds now. Um, I was playing Iden Versio and Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Iden is um, you can exhaust her if something has been defeated this round to heal. And Boba Fett is when something leaves play, you can ready a resource. Um, so my deck was just like, I'm going to try and control the board. I'm attacking mm-hmm. the board and gaining value every single turn that I'm doing that tempo and life. Um, and I, and I would sometimes deploy Iden and she'd sit out there with her shield on her deployed side. Her deployed side is whenever anything is defeated, you don't have to do it. Right. Uh, any opponent's thing is defeated. You gain a life. And she would just sit out there with a shield, maybe a Sentinel too. And no one's like, I'm just going to ram stuff into you all day and lose all my things. So they just ended up killing each other's stuff, and I'd and I'd just be over there, kind of like quietly in the corner, like, "Okay, I restore one. Okay, I restore one. Okay, <laughs> I restore one." <laughs> and, and then they'd be like, finally look over at me and be like, "Uh oh, like we have to get rid of that Iden because Dan's just like Dan's healed like seven in the last <laughs> few few turns. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fun, it's cool. Um, and there's so many other cool combinations that you can play. Um. Jason, are you going to build Twin Suns? Most likely. I think um, when I talked about it with my, um, you know, the people we were, we, we actually demoed it this week. We finally got our hands on a two-player starter deck. And we were nice. talking about it. Yeah. And um, I definitely think it appeals to the um, kind of uh, Star Wars fan in some of the people playing the game. Like, oh, man, I could do this and this. And then they were just kind of like going off on tangents about it on like the idea of that. So I think too, uh, a lot of the more um, casual players are really excited about that. I, I think especially like star Wars has a lot of iconic mm-hmm. two character combos. Yeah. Set one. I, I was, I'm going to ask the uh, Ryan when we get our, we're going to do an interview with him at some point. I'm going to ask if this is like anything that anyone ever thought of or is like, but Han and Chewie Han deploys on on uh six and chewy deploys on seven mm-hmm. but han when he attacks the turn he deploys he puts a resource into play from your deck so han yeah. actually sets up the resources to then deploy chewy or i might admit is han five but you have to use this ability i don't either way i can't remember but the point is han puts the resources in right um either using his his leader side or his his unit side to then be able to flip Chewie out. Um, and then Chewie has Sentinel and defense Han, allowing yeah. you to have more turns of getting free extra resources. It's like, 
And Chewie, if you get the showcase art, the showcase art is Han and Chewie back to back on Chewie. And it's like, and like, it's just, it's thematically so perfect. It's so cool to have those two be like such an iconic duo, like to the point where I was like trying to figure out what twin sons I can build. And I'm like, I have actually have a list now for Han Chewie. Like, it's just so cool. It's just way too cool. And I can't wait to get like, we need a Han that has the rebel trait. Cause this one doesn't like a, like general right. Han, um, who can then pair with Leia in an awesome way. Cause then Leia can command Han into battle or something. Yeah. Um, uh, and like, you can you can pair Luke and Leia right now. Those actually work really. Luke and Leia mm-hmm. is a really sweet combo because Luke can attack and put a shield on something, and then you're at you can attack with that other thing immediately using for, from using Leia's action mm-hmm. um, to then like trade with something valuable or whatever. So, um, and like when we get into other trilogy, like Anakin Obi Wan, like that's gonna be such yeah. a cool like who doesn't want to play Anakin Obi Wan in Twin Sons? That's gonna be so cool. Um, and hopefully at some point, like right now you can, you can only play heroism with heroism and villainy with villainy. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 knowing what they did in destiny, I expect to get at some point a Ray Kylo pairing, at least from rise of Skywalker, where mm-hmm. the two get, got to be, got to, they got to smooch and be friends. So <laughs> we can get, um, we can get like a, a little Ray pairing going on too. So there's just, there's so many, um, Jason, uh, what what excites you about Twin Suns the most? Do you think? Um, I think the gameplay loop is really cool. Um, the yeah. fact that, and you kind of nailed it. You don't have to have everybody lose the game for the game to end. All it takes is one per. And for me, because that's the big thing about multiplayer. Like, I like the idea of Commander, right? I really do. But I can't sit here and go through one, like four or five people, like watching them lose or waiting for them to you know, for them to finally fizzle out, like by the fact that one goes and then, okay, it, it's a, a different element of strategy, which I think appeals more to, to the way my brain works versus the commander style. Okay. Well now I got to wait for this, um, this person die or, uh, somebody to combo off storm off and, and, and then we all lose something like that. So I really like the idea of the direction they went with it versus this kind of long form, kind of like almost like opera style thing where it's more like okay it's still pretty concise yeah the amount of players are going to increase the time invested but you're not sitting there for two three hours because as much as i love playing any game to to keep me occupied for that long a time i gotta get up and move man i'm not as young as i used to be (laughs) yeah (laughs) i understand that um yeah it's i i think this is awesome i hope people build decks and start playing with this right away um i i like just having a casual multiplayer format that's officially supported from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really fun. You know, I think that's going to be huge um, in, in allowing people to interact with the game in the way that they, they, that appeals to them the most. The, the thing about IP games is that a lot of the time, you know, like, like what let's like take a Bandai game, like one piece or something, right? Like if you're a fan of one piece, um, you're going to look at, you're going to look into the card game. Probably you're going to be like, Oh, maybe, you know, I'm a huge one piece fan. Like, and you like card games. You're like, let me check the card game out. If that card game as it's, as it's played by everyone doesn't appeal to you. Like here's a, like, here's a great example using bad eyes. So dragon ball super. Cause we know that we can pick on this one. It's been around for a long, long time, mm-hmm. right? Dragon ball super has, um, one format. And that format has had had 
uh, valleys and peaks in in its in how like how balanced the metagame is and uh, what style of gameplay is successful in the metagame. And you can always sure you can always play kitchen table like whatever. Eh, just like I like my Krillin deck or whatever. And I want to play my Krillin deck. Um, but those are easily imbalanced yeah. <laughs> um, games as well. Um, and that's a game where like the game that's had formats where the game ends turn two, like consistently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what you might do when you look at an IP game is you might, you might look at it and go, you know, I like the idea. The cards look really cool, but I just don't enjoy playing the game. It's not, it doesn't feel right to me. It's not fun for me. Um, and the cool thing about pushing both a competitive one V one format, um, the limited formats as well. And then this casual multiplayer format is that you may find that you, you even at, even right away, you may love it, but at some point maybe like, I don't really like the current format for one V one or something, or maybe you just don't like, um, it at all, but you might find that twin sons is a lot more fun for you. Or you just like, you want to just play casually. You don't care about playing competitively. You have three other friends, and you're like, you know, just like Star Wars, like, and you just want to hang out. It basically opens the door for this IP to appeal to a wider audience, yeah. Um, than just keeping it that narrow one format. Yeah, I think it also shows a level of care that the that they put into the game itself to out the gate have a multiplayer format that's like supported. For me, that's something like I can't recall a game in recent memory where that's been a thing. <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> no, uh, most no. of these games are, are meant to be 1v1 kind of games. So to have something like that out the gate shows the kind of care that they put into the game and to probably um, reaching more of a broader player base. Uh, and, and to me, something like Twin Suns, like what I meant to say, it also feels more like um, kind of like your board game style gameplay where it's now a multiplayer element. Everybody sit around at the table like somebody like me. I'm going to build decks for a couple of my friends so we could all sit down and play it together. Uh, to friends who normally probably wouldn't go out and buy a trading card game because maybe it's outside of their means. Maybe that's not something they enjoy to do, but they probably like Star Wars. So this is going to be a really cool way for me to like, hey, check this out. Maybe they'll be able to enjoy it too. So I think it brought into the the, the audience really nicely. Yeah, absolutely. So I was super happy with Twin Sun. So happy that I convinced several other content creators to crack all of their packs, even though they wanted to like <laughs> draft or save them for content or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 we got to crack them all. We got to build Twin Suns decks. <laughs> and we did. And I'm happy to say that everybody had a blast. Awesome. I didn't, there was not a single person there who was like, I don't really like this format that much. We all were like, yeah, let's play again. Yeah, let's play again. Yeah, let's play again. Like this is, this is good. Um, and our very last game of the night was actually with Xander as well who brought out a Krennic Inquisitor deck that was very annoying. Um, <laughs> Inquisitor is able to damage something with three or less power to ready it. Krennic has three or less power, and he yeah, has he Restore does. 2, and he gets more power when he's damaged. <laughs> it's like, he put those two out, and I was like, oh, wow. Those go really well together. <laughs> um so yeah, that was it was a lot of fun. It's uh there are there are some unexpectedly cool combos as well. Um and when we get set two, Jason, and when we get set three, and when we get set four, mm -hmm. it's just gonna get it's just gonna get more and more fun. More cool combos, more cool decks, uh more and the de the decks are gonna get a little more powerful too. Cause right now you do have to you throw a lot of like commons and uncommons in. Sure. Singleton. 
and you're like, and you think these are decent cards, but things are going to, things are going to shift and be, it's just, it's going to be fun to, fun to watch, fun to play. And I am, I will jam twin sons. I will, if you ever meet me at an event, if we have time, I, I do have a, tw- I'll tell you right now, I do have twin sons with me and I'm happy nice. to play. Um, so after we kind of learned about twin sons, um, I had a standing meeting. Actually, I, I was messaged by Xander and Xander said, Hey, we're setting up a draft. Uh, that's going to be on stream. Do you want to join the draft and play on stream? And I said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hell no. I was like, of course. Yes, please. I would love to. Um, so this was a cool draft. This draft, actually, this was a really intimidating draft. Um, so it was a six person draft. It was myself. Um, it was D house from unplayable who unplayable have posted some of the, 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 like the most, I think the most gameplay content, they're very ingrained in the space. Um, very good players. Uh, flake who is another well-known, uh, flesh and blood content creator, uh, commentator, uh, esports commentator. Um, I, he, he's done all sorts of, uh, uh, other What's that? Gwent. Gwent was another mm, big one okay, for him. Yeah, He's a big Gwent sure. player too. Um, so we it was uh, those three, me and those two as the content creators, and then we were against. Uh, we were drafting as Xander, community manager, Tyler Parrot, uh, one of the one of the designers on the game who's been on a whole bunch of live streams, a brilliant guy, and I think everybody's like most uh, the the I'm going to call actually, this is perfect. His voice tenor. And his imposing figure and his imposing power level, Jeremy Zwern is Darth Vader in in oh. in uh, the world of Star Wars Unlimited play drafting. Um, and we were positioned around the table, um, content creator, dev, content creator, dev, content creator, dev. I was I had Xander to my right, and I had Jeremy to my left. Mm. Um. And I was like, this is, this is probably going to be one of the hardest drafts of my life. Cause it's the first time I've ever drafted Star Wars Unlimited mm-hmm. against people who have been drafting Star Wars Unlimited for two to three years. Yeah. And not only have they, do they have that head start on me? They're honestly like, at least Jeremy for sure is probably just a better card game player than me. In general, like if you just pick any random game and that we neither of us had played and we started playing it, he'd probably beat me. That's what I assume. Um, Because he's just he's just like having seen him played. He is he is on the ball. He's very I think honestly, he's like he's kind of unassuming because he's kind of he's kind of a a soft spoken guy. Mm. But man, he is a he's he just like he's already beaten you. A few turns Dang. ago, he like he knows exactly what's going on, and he's just he'll just quietly kind of like destroy you. Um, so which happened on stream, by the way, to poor Flake <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but uh, that was really fun to watch. But um, so we do this draft, okay? So Star Wars Unlimited draft. The um, uh, I'm not going to go through the full draft rules uh, because they've covered those a few times. But we we pick we start by drafting our leaders. We draft those before we draft. We open all three packs and we put our leaders out and then we uh, draft the rest of the cards in the pack after that. Um, And the leaders are drafted face up. So everyone knows what leaders you have. And Jason, let me tell you, I made a mistake in my very first draft at the very start of the draft. I, (laughs) 
I just went ahead and I like made a mistake and it, and it definitely caused me problems. Um, I first picked Iden Versio because she's my favorite. Right. She was in one of my, she was in my pack and I was like, okay, it's Iden. Sounds good. She was one of the three I opened. Um, then I picked director Krennic, who is also vigilance. Mm-hmm. And then I picked uh hyperspace cheer at Imway. It was like, it was that or some other leader I didn't want to play. And I was like, mm. I'll grab the hyperspace rare leader. That's sure. cool. Yeah. Who's also vigilance. Yeah. Okay. I, so I was like, yep, I'm playing vigilance. Like that's definitely happening. Um, and Xander was to my left, Jeremy to my right. That's important to remember. Uh, we get to the end of the draft. I had a few things come my way. I, one thing I noticed was that I was the, there was only one other, um, there are, there are only two other players that had vigilance characters at all. And I had all of the vigilance villainy characters. Mm. So one thing I knew was that if I passed any vigilance villainy cards, people had to hate draft them right. or play them out of aspect in order for them to take them. And predictably I wield many powerful vi- villains, vil- vigilance villainy cards, power of the dark side was one that was like three cost removal. And, and I was like, I, this will wheel. Yeah. I took something else, passed around. I got it back. Perfect. Take it. Which by the way, if you don't draft, that's what wheeling means. It goes all the way around yeah, the table comes and comes around. back to you. Yep. Um, that's a wheel it turns. Um, so I had a few good villain vigilance villainy cards, but I noticed pretty early on. I was like, I, I got like a vanquish early on, but I didn't see takedowns. I didn't see many of the other like generic vigilance cards. And I saw a few cunning cards that were decent. I had like a shoot first and um, and uh, a syndicate lackeys, which lets you get a an event back, which is a really sick card. Um, or no, that's the ambush one. Sorry. The uh, the pirate gang, whatever is the one that lets mm-hmm. you get an event back, um, which was nice to get like vanquish back and stuff. But I just felt like I'm missing like I'm missing some of the best cards here. I don't know what's going on. Clearly, I'm in vigilance and like it looked like cunning was open in the packs. We get to the end. We reveal everything we drafted. Now, Jeremy is in Jay-Z over here is in aggro uh, command aggression Leia. Mm hmm. Nothing to do with me, but I noticed looking through the packs, I kept passing really good command and aggression cards. He just picked up on that, that no one was in that and just like went all out. He had a destructive deck. It was really powerful. Xander, I look over him and he's like, yeah, I drafted cunning Chewbacca. And I was like, (laughs) oh, cool. You're in the two colors I am, except you're in the heroism side. And I looked at his list. He's like, he's like, yeah, I got two Obi-Wans. And I was like, what the hell? Heck, like you had two <laughs> Obi-Wans, one's foil and one's regular. Um, and I looked through his list and he had every good vigilance and cunning neutral card that I wanted so badly because for packs one and three, he was filtering. He was passed to the left. He, so he was filtering every one of those top pick cunning and vigilance cards before they came to me. And my problem was I had no ability. I noticed that like aggression was pretty open and command was pretty open, but I had no ability to pivot in the draft when I, when I stopped seeing takedowns and vanquishes and stuff. So, uh, 
It was like, well, okay, nice. So Xander basically drafted the better version of the deck that I drafted. I still have some good cards. So then I said, okay, so we're each going to play one game on draft. Um, let's see. D house is going to play Tyler. Flake's going to play Jeremy and uh, Dan, you're going to play Xander. And I was like, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Not only did he draft, like we drafted the same deck more or less, but he drafted the superior one. And now we have to play each other on stream. So, um, I had such a fun time though, that, that game on stream, uh, for people who haven't watched it, it's up on the fantasy flight. I'll, I'll link it. I'll try and link it in the description below. It's up on their, their YouTube though. Um, I made a few play mistakes for sure. I know I, I and it wasn't it wasn't a surprise. You cannot you I, I doubt you can surprise me with a play mistake I made because basically every single time I made a mistake, it was like the next action I was like, I should not have done that. That was wrong. Um cunning is a hard, hard aspect to play correctly. Because cunning's cunning's cards you can there's so much value you can get out of them by playing them super properly. Um but we had some really hilarious things that happened. I played a Lieutenant Childson with, I, I missed my, I mulliganed and had no turn one plays despite putting like 12 in the deck or something. I can't remember the number. Oh, wow. I think I said it on the stream. Um, I mulliganed and missed my turn one plays like, well, one in a million, but you know, it's a hold on maneuver, I guess. Um, or, a, or a death star shot. Uh, you pick your one in a million quote. Um, but Despite that, it actually worked out because when I played Lieutenant Childson, I had exactly four cards in hand and they were all Vigilance. And he's when you play him, you reveal your hand or you reveal up to four Vigilance cards from your hand and put an experience counter from each one. So I played a four drop six, six Sentinel, um, <laughs> which is like, holy cow, Insane, this thing's yeah. huge. I, I at least scared Xander a little bit. Um, and the thing is, Xander got out of Chewbacca and put an Electro Staff on him. And he got a ton of damage on him. He was like a, just a beast. He was like, like I cannot beat this thing. And then had an Obi-Wan and I've, I saved my Vanquish. I at least knew he mentioned the Obi-Wans and I was like, I saw Vanquish. I'm opening. I was like, I am not resourcing this. This is going to bite. This is my only out to, to Obi-Wan or I'm going to lose to him. And he played Obi-Wan and I was like, Vanquish. I got to do it on a stream and, and it was, that was awesome. Um, but the cool thing was, even though Xander was super ahead of me, there were a few turns where I was making a couple of plays where it was like, I kept surprising him and, and being like, like, Oh wow. Okay. Like I thought I was going to kill you this turn, but I can't. Um, and I like, I actually thought for a little bit, I had, I had an out. I might actually pull back a really sweet comfort behind victory. And then he dropped the ghost and it was like uh. ghost. It's shielded shield. Kanan. Um, now there's a, there's a five, five shielded ship over here and Kanan's shielded and Chewbacca's out. It's like, there's just no way I'm getting through this board now. There's yeah. just, it's not possible. Um, so it was a really fun game. And my favorite play of all was right after I dropped an ATAT. I, I had saved up and I surprised Xander, but I was like, I took the initiative. I'm like, okay, first action. ATAT, it, it exhausts the entire ground side. So now your Chewbacca's exhausted. I know I can't kill him easily, but I can exhaust your whole board. And I can, if I can keep your stuff exhausted, I'll kill you before you kill me. And then I, and then the next action, I attack with a TIE fighter in space. Cause I'm like, well, I got to do damage. I got to like, keep him exhausted and attack. And then Xander takes the initiative. And then I'm like, wait a second. Now he's just going to attack me before I can exhaust things. <laughs> right. And I look over to Jeremy and I said, I should have taken the initiative. And he just like, <laughs> I swear, this is like. When, when your dad knows you screwed up something and just says that like slightly disapproving, but like, 
but like you're still my son but you screwed up kind of it was like it was like yep <laughs> that was all he did <laughs> and, and i was like okay yep like jeremy was had already i'm sure all like knew this exact sequence watching my hand and everything he knew exactly what he would do and i kept doing things he was like that boy ain't right <laughs> he does not know what he's doing <laughs> so it was it was um it was super fun though um that evening uh, we, we all played twin sons and we had this like just kind of drinks and hangout event. And I got to talk to Jim Cartwright a lot, who was like, it just super fun to talk to too. He talked about the, the origin of the game and everything. Um, he got tattoos of all six aspects, by the that way, if you're so not sure, how, if you're not sure how committed they are yeah. to Star Wars Unlimited, dude literally inked his body with the yeah. six aspects. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys other than I came out from that thinking that every everything is everything's planned in this game they know what they're doing organized play casual play uh release schedule releases they announced that set two starter decks are mando mm-hmm. dinjarin and moff gideon they wrote they showed the artwork for them yep perfect starters perfect it's gonna be so good um i i left there unable to be more excited about star Wars Unlimited. I was immediately building decks, planning twin sons decks. Um, <laughs> just can't wait. I can't wait for the pre-release in a couple of weeks. It's going to be just an absolute blast. Um, and I got to meet so many people, talk to so many people who are just incredible. Like the whole content creator community is incredible here. They're everyone's awesome. You should be following every single one. You should be subscribed yeah. to every single one. They're all putting out incredible content um, covering all sorts of different aspects of the game, but they're all super cool. I'm, I'm trying to line up a few more like collabs with other content creators because I just want to, I just want to honestly, I just want to talk to these people more. I just want to, mm-hmm. I want to have fun with them and enjoy this game together. And I can't wait to see everyone again at, at major events. So that's, um, that was my experience. Jason, do you have any, what, what do you, what do you want me to talk about <laughs> before we close no, out the podcast? What do you mean? What do you want me to talk about? I think, I think that was a very <laughs> enlightening. I think um, your excitement, for everything, it, it it comes through very well, and I think that's my big takeaway as somebody from the outside in. Um, seeing everybody rally together and post on Twitter and celebrate it together, it wasn't just like people talking about just their experience. That was something I noticed. It was ta- posting, look what this person pulled. Look what we're doing with this person. So to me, as somebody who was looking from the outside, because you know I'm at work and everything else, so I kind of watched a little bit of odds back, kind of stuff like that. But like as the day was going on, seeing everybody enjoy it together and not having it be like this um, content farm for me, 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 me. I'm trying to push this out. I'm trying to push this out. I'm trying to push this out. Is very obvious that it was very um, everybody was enjoying it together for the sake of enjoying it together, which I thought was really cool and it was really good to see. Yeah, I mean, like just the fact that people were like, "Hey, I want to draft." We let's say let's save our packs so we can draft. Hey, mm-hmm. I, let's let's build twin suns. Just crack all your stuff. Let's build twin suns. And instead of people going like like these content creators could have easily just been like, yeah. "Oh no, I'm just gonna take my stuff and go home. I'm gonna do a box opening video." I'm yep. I'm they could on they could have. There was nothing we signed that's like you can't sell your stuff or anything. Like they I was waiting been for like, somebody oh, no. to do that. I was <laughs> waiting for that. I'm not gonna lie. The skeptic yeah, in me, but, you know. Every, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen much of that. Like, I think just about everybody there was just 
stoked to have mm-hmm. product. Like people were like getting their playmat signed by the devs. They're like, oh, just yeah. like I, I just want people to sign this thing. Um, I I said I would I mentioned Marty again. Marty from Rolling Dice and Taking Names. I checked in with him towards the end. I never I kept meaning to play a game with him. It was I never had a chance to just like the draft took a bunch of my time and we started playing Twin Suns and and like like I said we kind of clicky so we like kind of had this click where like out four people were like yeah yeah well we're we're going to play Twin Suns. Um so we never quite worked out to uh, to play but Marty um caught us in the hotel lobby area playing and he said, "Hey, he came over to me and was like, "Hey man, I just I had to come talk to you because I opened I fi- finally finished opening the last three packs in my box. And in the very last pack, I opened this. And he held up to me, Foil Hyperspace Luke Skywalker Legendary. <laughs> and I was wow. like, are you kidding me, Marty? Are you kidding me? Like, outside of showcases. Yeah. That is one of the two cards that are that guaranteed are the chase of the chase. Because... I mean, number one, Luke Invader, right? Like, come on, just because. But number two, those cards are bonkers. Yeah, crazy. (laughs) They are any deck that plays mid-ranger control um, is likely playing one of those two. There's some other, there's some space options. But as far Mm -hmm. as ground, those are your, those are like your, I am turning the game around right now. Cards. And they and they do the trick, they do. I have I have lists that use both, and and I love them. They're super super fun. Um, but yeah, like, so talk about I when I when I was we were talking about the foils at the beginning. We're bringing it around. We we like to bring things around in this podcast. So back to the foils. We said I you know we were not sure how they're going to look. And one thing I kept thinking was like it'll be such a shame if these how the way they do these foils make that beautiful Luke Skywalker art just wash out because Mm -hmm. it's not plated out or something he's not plated out but i swear they're using night sister magic here or something because (laughs) i looked at the card and i was like that is one of the most beautiful cards i've seen it's just it's just that extended artwork the colors and and the way that the foiling hits the light the, the the colors on luke and the lightsaber and everything um, I also, I pulled my best pull in my box was foil hyperspace Obi-Wan, oh, which nice. was, I was, which I was very stoked about too. It's just a rare, but he's Obi-Wan right. and that card also is, I posted, I posted that one on, on Twitter also. Um, mm-hmm. and I think Instagram, um, just it's, it's gorgeous looking. It's gorgeous. The hyperspaces look so good. Um, Star Wars limited is it is a, it's, it's. Uh, it's not a it's not a 10 out of 10 game it's an 11 out of 10 game it's nice, so good nice. it, i had a feeling you were going that way with that it's it's four out of ten no yeah it's, it's a metal it's, four it's it's so good i am so stoked for it i am so happy in particular that i the first thing i did when it was announced was i took everything in and then i posted a video and a good, good number of people saw this video too um was just I think the video is called let's talk about Star Wars Unlimited mm-hmm. and fantasy flight games or something. And I went back and I just dug through FFG's history and I was like, like, let's just have an honest discussion about um, what the history of FFG is, what we're, what we can expect out of Star Wars Unlimited and, and where to go with things. And I gave my honest thoughts on everything at the time. I like, I wasn't sure about the card templating. I was like, eh, I like some of these. I'm not sure about others. Um, 
FFG's history with Destiny and everything, um, and and the other TCGs. And I th- my takeaway at the end was like, I think, I think you should use your judgment, but you should watch it and see. You should just see what they do because what they presented here is looking like it's the full package, the real deal, potentially. And then we got live stream after live stream after live stream of the of FFG showing more and more and more and behind the curtain peaks and and transparency and well thought out plans. Um, and now that I have actual product, I've played actual product. I've interacted with so much of the team, and I've and I and I I've gotten just kind of like everyone's pure and honest thoughts about everything and and what they're trying to accomplish here and and what they have done and what they're going to do. It's it. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what to say other than I'm here. I'm here for Star Wars Unlimited um, for the for the long haul. I There's no chance that I'm going to be dropping out at any point. Um, it's Star Wars and it's incredible. It's a great game and it's an incredible community, um, both of content creators and of, of people behind the curtain, the, dev- the developers also. Um, yeah, I'm getting a little emotional. I really... Really, really uh, had a wonderful experience, and I can't wait to meet everyone again. Well, I'm really happy that everybody got to have a really good time. I know I joked around about being jealous, not only because I know everybody was having such a good time. So um, yeah. I think that puts a nice bow on it. You know, I think I think we've really talked. You, you've really talked. I kind of just nodded and went uh-huh, and laughed a little bit. You know, I didn't cry, but <laughs> I, I helped. We'll have more Jason no. next time. It was yeah. I, no, I, I, I mean, like. Really- I'm really excited yeah. for the stuff going forward. And and I was really excited to hear your thoughts. You know, I didn't really message you while you were gone because I knew you were enjoying it. I didn't really talk about it in, in our chats leading up to this because I really wanted to kind of, you know, hear hear your thoughts. You know, I didn't want to I, I wanted it kind of unfiltered. So I, I, I'm really happy you had a good time. So I think that puts a bow on it. So um, thank you for joining us for episode. I think this is six. It, we, we had this weird time loop where we had to like record this early with the, the last one mad early like we haven't did this in like a couple weeks now pretty sure this, this is, is episode five this is five, this is, five? is it five yep. oh yep well listen to this end part two weeks from now and then it would actually be topical <laughs> no episode five really appreciate um your time today dan and allowing um you to share your experience at the community event and i really want to take a second to thank fantasy flight games for taking all of those content creators and planning such an awesome event for everybody to enjoy and for everybody to really just share their experiences, share such a great time they had. And it really shows the amount of care they're putting forth uh, to the game and to the community at large and uh, allowing uh, uh, people like us to just share our experiences and, and opportunities with the game so far. And everything else we're going to talk about going forward, we're really excited. By the time we're talking next time, I'll have open product most likely. And that's kind of exciting. To, to think yes. about you know um so uh for everybody here it was the main deck podcast family uh i'm jason and, and that's dan who he taught he was the guy who talked for 55 minutes to an hour and uh we really <laughs> appreciate you guys listening to us <laughs> and we look forward to hearing from uh your thoughts about the event any questions you might have you know drop us a line you can find us on discord you can find us on our youtube channel and all of your other podcast meetings again thank you guys so much have a great one we'll see you soon take care Bye, everyone.